And I am thankful for this church. I'm so honored to be able to stand here in front of you. I, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Mitchell Pitt, and I am the campus pastor here. And I've only been installed in this position for still a couple of weeks, but I am so thankful to be here. As you've just seen in our, our just uh, kind of missions video here, this is a church of generosity. And I have been absolutely floored by everything that Life Center has done just in the few weeks that I've been here. And Pastor Jason has, has put together a bunch of our numbers, and we just want to let you know uh, that here at the church, we give 10% of everything that comes in uh, to Life Center. We then give back and invest it uh, into our nation, into the world. So for example, uh, together this year, we have given $115,000 to 15 of our missions partners here in Canada and across the world. Isn't that amazing? $15,439.61, because we don't forget the cents, even though they don't print pennies anymore. We got that one in there. Was received and distributed this year from Life Center, just this year from Life Center through Gift for Kids. Isn't that incredible? That was like three services where we took in those offerings. Church, this is amazing. We partnered with Safe Families in Ottawa so that they could also give gift cards and bless the children and care in their ministries. Next week, we'll deliver 287 Christmas hampers around this city. Come on. And we're so honored, as Robert uh, uh, made note of today, that already there's almost 70 people that are signed up for Christmas brunch. And there are still spots available if you're here and you've been kind of like, I don't know, like you need to be there. This is a huge blessing. And if you know somebody in your neighborhood or, or maybe next door uh, that needs to be there, just let them know, give them the website, let them sign up. It is our honor to gather and celebrate together. And so we also don't want to diminish what else the church, because we're not just the church, amen? The church is big C, Amen? Right? And so we don't want to diminish everything else that's happening there. There are 32,000 Christian ministries across Canada, 77% of which are churches. And we just want to encourage each person that the generosity of Life Center is not unique. God's kingdom is on the move. People are sensing and feeling God's love as we gather together, as we join arms and join hands and say, okay, God, what would you have us do? God is on the move. And so can we just take a moment to collectively and celebrate this morning by giving God a clap offering what he is doing this Christmas. Come on. So good. So good. I'm not even in the message yet, right? And I'm just all fired up. Listen, like, some of you have been a part of Life Center for a long time. And it has been such an honor to get to meet you. And the last couple of Sundays, as our post host comes up, and I'll be doing it again when Robert is up here, I've been running to the door to make sure that I see everybody as they're coming in and, and, and before they leave. And so uh, I know that some of you have been here for a long time. But for those of you that are here and you're new to Life Center, like myself, uh, for those that have called Life Center uh, home, for, like, let's not miss the beauty of what God is doing. Because as someone who's only been a couple of weeks in this church, sitting right here in the front row, my breath has been taken away over and over and over again that I get to belong to a church like this. Like, it's incredible 
that Sunday after Sunday, we've had announcements, not for ourselves, but to receive for gifts for kids. That we've had announcements to say, hey, we got shoe boxes that are going out. We've had announcements to say, hey, if your family is in need, let us know. If you know families that are in need, let us know. If you're going to be alone on Christmas, don't be. This is a great church. And so I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, for allowing my family and I to feel so welcome here and for allowing us to just um, um, be part of the spoils of what it is that's going on here. Because every Sunday we've gone home and my wife and I just look at each other and go, wow, like all of this is already happening. What more does God have in store for us? That's the question that's in my heart. Before we dive into the Bible today, we're going to read from John 11.35. You can turn there in your Bibles. But before we do, just a couple of notes off the top. Uh, Pastor Barry was actually supposed to be speaking this message today. But he, along with many of our family, are feeling ill this weekend. And so we're going to lift him up in prayer before we dive into the Word. Uh, Pastor Sarah is also feeling ill today. And so we're going to lift her up as well and her whole family, that God would protect them and heal them and make sure that they're not sick uh, for Christmas. Christmas Day. Amen? Amen. And then also, the last thing, a little bit of a joyous note, uh, Pastor Terry just graduated uh, from police college. It's happening! So we are so excited, and, and Pastor Terry, we honor you today, and we're so excited. But can we lift up uh, Pastor Barry, Pastor Sarah, and all of those in our family um, who are dealing with sickness? Because there's a lot. I'm sure if we did a raise of hands, you would know someone that has the flu or the sniffles or a cold, or it just seems to be that type of season. And so we just want to allow God's peace to flow through our family. Can we pray today? Let's pray. God, I lift up Pastor Barry to you. I thank you so much uh, for this humble servant, God, who has served so faithfully to this community. And so now, Lord, we come behind him. And uh, Lord, we just lift up the entire Boucher family right now, God. We ask, Lord, uh, for, Pastor, for Pastor Barry especially, God, that you would give him uh, uh, just a healing in his body right now. But for the whole family, may they experience your peace through this season, Lord. We stand behind them as our leaders, and we believe, God, that you are going to just enter into this moment and do what only you can do, God. And so would you give life and, and bring energy there? Lord, we also lift up Pastor Sarah right now, Lord Jesus, and her family. We ask for healing, God. And uh, we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would restore them to full health. And God, for every single member of our church family that is under the weather, Lord Jesus, I pray that maybe they're watching online right now or maybe they're too sick to do that. But God, you see them. And so, God, we just want to place their names before you. We want to place their families before you. We want to place their needs before you. And we ask, God, would you be God to them in this moment? God, would they sense, Lord Jesus, the prayers of their family surrounding them even right now, God? May some of that burden be lifted from them, God. As your peace begins to fall, God, as your love begins to, to seep into their homes, seep into their bodies, God, also we ask that your joy, Lord Jesus, would be with permanence in each and every one of our families that call Life Center home. And so we ask this today in your humble name, God. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, church, it is exciting to be here today. Christmas is upon us. It seems like it's coming way too fast. I don't know about you, but it seems like it is like, well, because it is. It's literally around the corner. Like this time next week, it's Christmas. Does anybody here still have Christmas shopping to do? Anyone at all? 
Any, who are the people that are done? I already met someone who said they're done and wrapped. All right, done. Where are my wrapped people? You've done and wrapped. Wow, God bless y'all. And uh, we're going to need you to meet with us all afterwards in the fireside. We're, we need your secrets. All right, we need your hints because many of us are not even close. And, uh, and we're just like, oh my goodness, God, can I have like four extra days, right? Can we just rewind time just a little bit? But Christmas is here and Christmas, as we have already celebrated, is the time of our Lord and Savior. And we here at Life Center are expectant that Jesus is coming soon. Amen. We're going to celebrate in one week's time his birth, right? That happened 2,000 years ago. But in that celebration, let's not forget that he is coming again. Amen. So we are super excited. We are super expectant. Um, And we just want to take a a moment to remember that uh, we have already opened his gift of peace. And in that first week, we talked about how his peace wasn't just for two Sundays ago, but that it was for eternity. And so, church, I speak that over you again today. May you receive God's peace. In the midst of everything that's coming up, in the midst of everything that's happening, all the gifts and all the excitement and all the family you need to see, do not forget that the reason for the season is that you would have peace. We also celebrate the gift of love, which is over on our other side of the stage this week. And last week we talked about how God loves us. And out of his love for us, we're then able to love him. I love what Robert read this morning, the the inclusive nature of God's character, amen? That even in the Old Testament, even though it may have been harder to see in the Old Testament than it is through the lens of Jesus, that message was still there, so powerful. No matter where you're at, no matter what, what nation you were born into, if you will follow God, if you will identify, you are included because he loves us. And this morning, we're going to talk about the third gift. And we're going to talk about how this this gift that God brings in the fullness of Jesus is so important because it's really countercultural today. See, in our culture right now, happiness is one of the bedrocks of our foundation. Everybody just wants to be, say it with me, happy. We send our kids to school and ask them to get good grades. Why? Because not only do we want them to to have good jobs and and be able to to maintain, but we want them to grow up and be happy. We want them to have a house and a roof and and, and a car and all these things. And it seems in our culture that money may be the source of happiness. Lots of people today, as they get married, the the beginning of their marriage is is built on the foundation that this individual makes me happy. This individual brings that fulfillment. This individual is is exactly what God had intended for me. But what our culture doesn't understand is that happiness in and of itself is impossible to sustain in this roller coaster called life. Amen? Maybe you're different, and if you are, you can meet us here after the ladies and and gentlemen teach us how they've shopped and wrapped. You can then tell us how we can be happy forever, because I have not experienced that in my life. And there's been a couple of things that I hold very dear to my life that they bring happiness to me, but it is not sustained. It's, It's happiness in the moment. 
Some of this was established in my life, and it wasn't even my fault. If you were here back in August when I spoke for the first time as just a a guest speaker, I, I divulged the information that I am a Leafs fan. And people laugh then too, I don't understand. Okay, anyway, and so I divulge the information that I cheer for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I just want to encourage you today that it's not my fault. It's my dad's fault. My dad was a Maple Leafs fan, grew up on hockey, and he loved it. And uh, my children, listen, don't blame them either. They cheer for the same team. That's on me these poor boys, but I'm really trying to teach them that happiness isn't forever, right? You have to walk into life expecting that things are going to go up and then they're going to go down. They're going to go up and then the playoffs come and they're going to go, you know, it's just the way that it goes. My marriage was, was started off of happiness, And there are times where my greatest joy comes from God and then from my marriage. But there are also times in my marriage where I cause my wife great pain. I won't put her on the Listen, I'm just blessed to be there, okay? I'm just blessed to be in the same room but that poor woman. Because there are times where the things where I'm sure at the beginning where she looked at me and said, oh, this is great. After a while of waking up day after day after day, you start to be like, really? Again? See, there are things in our culture that allow us to experience happiness in the moment, and those things aren't bad. But the thing that God wants to establish in us in today is something that goes deeper than momentary happiness. It's deeper than celebration of sport. It's deeper even than the happiness and love that we experience in major. There is something deeper taking place in this season that we need to pay attention to because, as we already said, God is on the move. And so today, I want to read the shortest verse in the Bible, but it also provides a huge gift for us and helps us understand the difference between happiness and the gift that we're going to unwrap today. So let's turn today to John 11.35, and let's take a deep breath and read this together. Jesus wept. Thank you. All right, there it is. That's it. If you have it in your Bibles today, Jesus wept. Isn't it incredible that John would feel led by the Holy Spirit to pen this? And as the, the theologians and biblical scholars began to break up the Bible, that this was a verse in and of itself. Isn't that amazing? Church, our God wept. Fullness of God, fullness of humanity. He took a moment. and Something was taking place here. In John chapter 11, that forced him, that brought him to that moment of tears. Now, if you know this story in its fullness, this is the story of Lazarus. This is the story of Lazarus. This simple verse is found right dead in the middle of this amazing story of resurrection power. The unfolding of the idea that Jesus had friends as he was walking this earth. 
And let's not forget that Jesus, even though he's weeping here in John 11.35, he fully knows what's about to take place. He knows that a miracle is coming. There will be a moment, simply in the next couple of minutes, where we will understand that Jesus speaks life into what was dead. He steps into this moment, and though there is grief, and though there is sorrow, Jesus is about to transform that moment for the glory of his Father. So why then does Jesus weep? Why do we enter into this story? Why do we find him in this moment where he's so sad? Well, the answer, believe it or not, is tied to something deeper than just happiness. See, loss in, us, loss in us does two things. Number one, it, it can give us this feeling of profound uh, just being lost. And it can also give us that moment and that profound desire for longing. I remember when I lost my two grandfathers back to back in a three weeks time at the age of 12. My first grandfather passed away, and, and I'll never forget this moment as we were attending his funeral. I went up to my mom, and I was struggling in my faith at this point, and I went up to my mom, and I said, Mom, did Grandpa know Jesus? See, I lost this influence in my life, and, and there was this part of my heart that had been felt like it had been ripped out. If you've lost somebody that was close to you, if you've experienced that in your time, or, or maybe it's not just a person, maybe it's, it's a job or a position that you had held so dear, and it just feels like a piece of you has gone. I remember standing and tugging on my mom and saying, Mom, did Grandpa know who Jesus was? Because not only had I felt like I had lost something, but I longed to have it restored. And my mom looked down to me and, and she spoke these words that I'll never forget. She said, yes, son, he did. He did. It's important, isn't it? Profound words. See, here in the story of, of Lazarus, Mary and Martha and those who are gathered around, they have experienced the sense of loss. Lazarus is dead. When Jesus hears the news that his, his friend has grown ill because just previous in, in John 11, he's actually been asked that, to leave where he was. And, and Mary and Martha, they want him to come and see Lazarus before he passes to see him. And, and potentially maybe one of the miracles of healing could take place. But Jesus, instead of rushing off, he stays. Because the place where he is currently was exactly where the Father wanted him. Jesus, in that moment, heard the cries of his friends, but he, as we read through the scriptures, he is more prone to listen to the Father. As you continue to read in John chapter 11, you'll realize that Jesus knows full well that he will not make it in time, that Lazarus will actually, in fact, die before he arrives to the house of Mary and Martha. And Jesus didn't go right away because the, 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 the miracle that the people were expecting, the miracle that his friends were hopeful for, wasn't the miracle that God had in store. Where they were looking for healing, God was about to speak resurrection. Where they were looking for healing from sickness, God was about to speak resurrection from death. And so it begins to ask the question, if Jesus understands this, if Jesus has this full scope, because we know that he walked amongst us fully God and fully man, why then does he weep? 
Well, let's push further into the story to understand why Jesus is moved so profoundly. When Mary sees and Jesus arrives and she meets him and, and, and she, she, she speaks straight to his heart out of her disappointment. She says this in John eleven thirty two. 32. It says, now, when Mary came to where Jesus, where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus, her church, there's, there's times that Jesus permits something that he hates in order to show us something he loves even more. This is our God. I don't know if you've ever been there in that moment where you have that God, where were you? If you've ever been in that moment where you spoke to God and said, if you had only been here. Even in a moment like this, I believe today that there's a gift that we can receive from these verses. And that is, even when life is unfair, Jesus is not indifferent to your loss. Church, even when life is unfair, Jesus is not indifferent to your loss. It's a moment of deep comfort for us as we read through this and, and an understanding that Jesus now has arrived in the midst of Mary's disappointment. He's arrived in the midst of this sorrow. He didn't just avoid them altogether. It was still in his heart to be present for them. It was just the timing that they were looking for was not the timing that God had in store. But it's okay for us to express frustration, amen? Hello? It's okay for us to express disappointment to God. It's okay for us to stand there in wonder, why, God, were you simply not answering our prayers the way that we wanted to? Church, as we read through Scripture, as we journey and grow together, you will come to understand that God's ways are not your ways. And God is beyond our understanding. If he was within our understanding, he wouldn't be God. Amen? And so what that means is, is also God is not afraid of your feelings. Hallelujah. It is not weakness to sit before God and say, God, I don't understand. There is a deep and profound comfort that can come from verbally expressing, from prayerfully expressing, from joining together with those that God has called you to journey with and expressing, I don't get it. God can show up in the midst of our loss. But while we express all of this, I also want you to be encouraged today. And I hope that you see in the story of Mary and Martha here that Jesus receives her words. He is there and he is present, but he's also moved by the brokenness of the world and of your heart. I'll say that again. In the midst of expressing all of these things, please do not miss the fact that Jesus is present and he is moved by the brokenness of this world and of your heart. See, John eleven thirty three 33 says that when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Two verses later, he weeps. 
Hebrews writes this moment and shares it in another way. In Hebrews 4.15 it says, for we, do not, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet he was without sin. Thank you, God. And this gives us a greater insight into why Jesus may have wept. Jesus will raise Lazarus from the dead, but unfortunately, Lazarus will one day die again. Perhaps Jesus in this moment is weeping because his understanding of the situation goes beyond even their comprehension of what it is that's taking place. His love for them leads to these very real emotions, not just uh, for their earthly hurt, but also for the understanding that they don't fully comprehend eternal resurrection yet. Perhaps he weeps because our view can often be so profoundly limited when in comparison to eternity. A few verses earlier in John chapter 11, when Martha accuses Jesus of not caring uh, as as he would have been here, and and as sometimes we can feel in our own hearts, this is what he says to her in John 11, 25 to 26. He says, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though they die, they shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Wow. (laughs) Can you put yourself in Martha's situation there for a moment? Come on, church. I believe that God is asking us the same thing. Do you believe? Do we believe in this season that God sent his son for us? Do we believe in this season that he's coming again? Do we believe in this season? For many of us, as Christmas comes around, it can be a time of loss. It can be a time of grieving. Do you believe that God has your eternity in mind? Oh, it's powerful. Jesus understands from the situation that God is about to resurrect his friend, but he also understands through the scope of of revelation that there will be an eternal resurrection that is coming. Jesus weeps at the suffering and death, but but it's not the worst thing that will happen to us. See, because death without Jesus' gift on the cross leads to an everlasting and abundant sin. But because of what Jesus did, Because of the resurrection power stilled in him through the Father, there is no power in death. Amen? And we are not slaves to sin. So we need to remember as as Jesus is on earth and and he understands and he has compassion and conviction and, and, and he sees our grief and our determination and his goal is not simply to bring happiness for the moment. But his goal is to establish us a joy that will exist for eternity. See, Lazarus is dead in the grave. Yet Jesus is surrounded in the moment by plenty of people who have breath in their lungs and they're alive in person. But because of sin, because he hasn't died and resurrected yet, spiritually they are also dead. They just didn't know it. Nor was their heart maybe open to receiving the truth about it. And what if this is why in that moment Jesus weeps? 
Church, as we walk into the Christmas season, I also want to challenge us this, with this before we dive into to Christmas Eve, that not only is God concerned for us and the things that we are journeying through and, and the loss and, and, and pain and, and grief that we bear, but he is also concerned for those that don't know him yet. Amen? For those of us that have friends and family and neighbors that don't know Jesus yet, he weeps for them as well. In those moments where they may not understand him, I, I always stand in awe. I don't know if you've, you've experienced this before, but I always stand in awe of people who, who have those tragedies of life that take place and they don't know Jesus and yet still they find that deep understanding within them to continue and move on. I have been in situations where many of my friends don't know Jesus and I am in those moments where I say, man, without Jesus, I don't know how. And I watched them journey through the same thing, and I say, wow, like, what's going on there? And God spoke to me in this one moment. I had a friend who, who journeyed through something very difficult that our family had gone through too. And I said, God, how can they go through it? That was so hard for me. And God spoke to me in that moment, and he said, why do you think I'm not there? God spoke to me in that moment. He says, they may not see me. They may not know me yet, but I am with them. Hallelujah. And I want to speak that over each and every one of us today. For those of us who have uh, kids and, and grandkids who maybe they've journeyed from the faith or they don't know God, he is with them. Church, I want to let you know that for every single one of your co-workers and your neighbors and the people that you see in the grocery store today, or as you've been reminded that Christmas is around the corner and you're like, yep, got to shop. All the people in the mall today, he is with them. And he's weeping for them. Not for what they're experiencing here. Not for what it is that they've lost through this season, but also for their eternity. Because that's why Jesus came. Our God never takes a day, an hour, a second, a split second from pursuing those who are lost. Hallelujah. If they have breath in love, we believe that they are being pursued by the Holy Spirit. Amen? This allows us to have peace. Oh, no, peace and love. Knowing that it's not just us that are striving and journeying and praying, but it's our God as well. Amen? See, this story starts with a familiar question. God, why did you let this happen? Yet, I promise you, no one can see how this story may end. And I'm not just referring to the resurrection of Lazarus. John 11, 38, 41 to 44 says this. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. They took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you all always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may also believe that you sent me. When he said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And he said to them, unbound him and let him go. What a gift. Cue the awe, the celebration. The, the amazement. But that isn't how the story ends. See, in John eleven fifty three, this is how the Lazarus story ends. It says this, And from that day onward, they made plans to put him to death. 
bruh. Like, what is happening? One day, Jesus speaks life over a death that at this point had been so sealing in the life of people. And Jesus calls the dead to life. But this is exactly why Jesus came in the first place, to bring life to those who are dead. But what many don't understand in these verses that we're revealing this morning is that the only way that the Father could bring, bring life to the dead was to send his Son because it would cost him his life. Jesus is never indifferent to our loss, nor is he indifferent to anyone who is right now currently spiritually lost. Yet for the penalty of sin and death to be removed, for Lazarus to experience not only death and death again, but resurrection forever, this had to happen in 2 Corinthians 5.21. For our sake, he made, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. John Bloom puts it this way, perhaps Jesus being full of compassion for us and full of hatred for the calamity of sin brings upon us, for the calamity that sin brings upon us, knows that he will suffer more than we will ever know in order to pay the full cost of our eternal resurrection. So what is our gift today? Church, the gift that God brings us today is his peace, his love, and his joy. That in this season, it looked good from my side. I was like, perfect. I can read it. Everybody's good. Then they started laughing, and I didn't know what was going on. I was like, did I say the wrong word? No, that says joy, but you couldn't say that. It said yodge to you. Okay, cool. All right. God brings us his joy. Amen? Not only was God... Not only was God, not only was Jesus concerned about the happiness of Mary and Martha for the life of Lazarus, but God wanted to give them something that would go, on, go beyond the moment. Hallelujah. God wanted to give them a joy that would last for eternity. Because Jesus is never indifferent to our loss. Today, we can receive joy in grief knowing that he deeply cares about our broken hearts. Because the Holy Spirit is never indifferent to those who are spiritually lost. Today, we can receive joy in knowing that he will never stop calling, he will never stop knocking, and he will never stop going after those who don't know him yet. Jesus weeps one day so that when we see him in eternity, he can wipe away every tear that has been caused by loss, by grief, by that deeper longing for him. For one day, we will see him face to face. Church, weeping may last for the night. But loved ones, joy comes with the morning. Hallelujah. To receive his gift of joy in these difficult seasons is our calling. To understand and remember that in our marriages, it's not about being happy. It's about planting Jesus at the center so that in the good and the bad, we can remember the joy of God bringing two together. Joy is about remembering that even though last week I talked about snow, 
and the snow began to come down, that we could all gather back here together because God is a God of change in the seasons. Amen? And though you may find yourself currently in a season of grief and loss, I want to encourage you, the sun's coming again. And God will not leave you there because that is not the God that we serve. In this moment of the story in John chapter 11, God brings Lazarus back to life and there is joy, there is happiness. But God's intention is so much more. That one day, Lazarus would see his friend Jesus face to face as they begin their walk fully into eternity. And so church, I just want to encourage you today. God loves you. May his peace be with you. May his love fill you. And may his joy be everlasting. Let's worship together this morning.